everyone. I'm Rachel Stevens with Red Monk, and with me today is Mike Jacobs from IBM. Mike, could you do a quick introduction for us and tell us about what you're doing at IBM? Of course. My name is Mike Jacobs. I lead sustainability and social innovation for IBM Corporate Social Responsibility. Wonderful. So one, one of the programs within this group that we're here to talk about today is IBM's Sustainability Accelerator Program. And I thought it would be fun if I took a stab at trying to describe this endeavor, and then you can correct me if I get it wrong. So, so let, let me try to explain to the people what we're here to talk about. So the Sustainability Accelerator is a two-year program that IBM runs. It works with participants either from NGOs or governmental agencies. And these organizations come together and work with IBM to address problems that impact vulnerable populations around the world, and specifically um, populations that are made vulnerable from environmental problems. How did that sound? Did I get it? Nailed it. All right. Uh, so the, the idea then is to combine like the NGO or governmental subject matter expertise um, for the problems at hand with some of IBM's um, services and offerings and work together to accomplish shared goals. And so I think it's a really great program in that it is trying to do social good. And it's something that I'm excited to be here today to talk about. So before we dive all the way into the upcoming session, which is what we're here to talk about, the upcoming session is all about water management, but you've already run two cohorts already. So I think before we get all the way into what's coming next, let, let's take a look at what's happened already and highlight the experience of one of your past participants, Texas A&M AgriLife. Through this project with IBM, we are trying to achieve uh, two of our goals. One is trying to increase the crop production uh, by optimizing the water use. And the second is protecting our environment. And that is through a, a judicious use of groundwater resources because they are limited. And the second is avoiding uh, uh, environmental problems such as runoff of chemicals into the water bodies, which could happen when uh, farmers do over-education. So yeah, these are the uh, those goals we are trying to achieve through this project. We are uh, hoping to develop a phone app that can generate irrigation device for the producers. And for irrigation, the seasons, there are many different pieces of information. One is weather, weather forecast that through which farmer decide whether he wants to irrigate or not. And then there is the crop, the crop information. Uh, so the, the season will be depending on the different crop types and again, different growth stages because water demands, they differ. And then soil information, soil properties that affects the soil water retention. And uh, so all those pieces and then the real-time uh, soil moisture sensing. So through the uh, high computational power of IBM and their tools, especially the AI tools, we are trying to integrate all those information and also using our strengths such as SWOT model and uh, generate a product that can uh, help in uh, generating accurate and reliable irrigation decisions for the farmers. Texas is primarily a water stress state and uh, many farmers here, they use irrigation systems to fulfill their crop demands. Uh, but managing irrigation is important because since we are already stressed. So a lot of research actually has been done or still going on by AgriLife trying to develop sustainable uh, irrigation strategies. So by following which farmer can continue to produce their crops as well as they can optimize the water use. So the work has been going on and uh, based on our initial talks with IBM, we got to know the ongoing work with liquid prep and that's where we realized some commonalities 
on the research on the education management side and that's how actually it started and uh, led us to join the sustainability accelerator anm agri life is a public agency so most of the work we do it's open access or in other words it become open to public for their use so we are anticipating that the product we'll be developing here would be available to the public for the use in the same manner for example we have smart model that is used now world over everywhere for the addressing issues related to the water the same way we are anticipating that this product this phone app will be available all over the world for farmer use the ibm sustainability accelerator is ibm's primary social impact program focused on the environment it's a two year commitment to nonprofit and governmental organizations that we bring in in different cohorts each year focused on a specific topic of social impact and the overall focus is leveraging ibm technology and expertise to make a difference in the world primarily focused on vulnerable communities and the environmental threats they face so texas a&m agrolife is a part of our first cohort in the accelerator focused on sustainable agriculture for that cohort we went out to the network of ibm for social impact organizations So the first year of the program we started with a closed RFP to see who would be interested and well positioned to make a difference using IBM resources and we got connected to AgriLife because they are world class leaders in agriculture in hydrology and are serving the local community very effectively. We're announcing two very exciting additions to the IBM Sustainability Accelerator. One of them is Texas A&M AgriLife. Where we're at today the other is Deltaris a Dutch water science organization both of these projects are focused on water but taking very very different angles to addressing water related challenges with ANM AgriLife we're focused on water usage decision support so helping farmers to optimize their use of water which is particularly important in arid regions like Texas with Deltaris we're focused on pollution in water as a result of agriculture in particular nitrate runoff which is a sign of overfertilizing or of flooding or other conditions pushing fertilizer into local waterways both of these issues are focused on environmental challenges they also help farmers to address their costs and building a more sustainable operation we as an organization strive to be a sustainable enterprise we have a commitment to be net zero in our own greenhouse gas emissions but our team on IBM corporate social responsibility takes an external focus to making a difference for community we prioritize vulnerable people so yes we care about climate and carbon and conservation but we care about people the most we want to make a difference to leverage the best of IBM to help the people who are the most vulnerable to environmental threats and we're taking a multifaceted approach a multi-issue approach to helping people where they are based on their needs on the ground IBM through the IBM Sustainability Accelerator has been thrilled to be a part of Aim for Climate. Aim for Climate is a multinational effort to advance climate smart agriculture all over the world while boosting the economic opportunities for farmers and their communities. The IBM Sustainability Accelerator and our cohort for sustainable agriculture is an innovation sprint, meaning it's a recognized framework for driving innovation and investment and change. for sustainable agriculture we've been thrilled to work with the USDA their partners in the UAE and the other member countries as well as not just the organizations that IBM has already partnered with but others in the network as well to drive 
results in a measurable way around the world. Our modeling work is go, goes back all the way to 40 to 50 years back, actually. Uh, this helps us, the, the new venture that IBM really helps us to validate and verify our model in a near real-time basis by having access to the farmer's data uh, that could be crowdsourced or that could be uh, IoT or some technology in which we can able to receive that information that could be potentially used for uh, improving our models and the understanding of the complexity of uh, nature and environment. By having access to the data, by having collecting uh, uh, knowledge from the field in a near real-time basis. That's always our uh, limitation at this point, actually. We are able to get the data and retrospectively, but not on the forecasting mode, actually. By having this collaboration, we may be able to get access to this data on a near real-time basis so that we can make decisions on a forward-looking basis, on a real-time basis, so that the farmers would benefit from that, actually, by reducing the cost of input or reducing the impact on the environment or increasing the productivity and so on and so forth, which is otherwise is always we look at the retrospective study rather than the prospective study, actually. Our model has been well accepted and well adapted all over the world, actually. So the technology that we are, what we are developing here jointly with IBM could far reach into the world, actually, in low cost uh, um, developing countries like such as in Africa or in Asia and other parts of the world, actually. So that's where we see the sustainability growth of this would really hinge us upon the success of how we scale it up to the global level, actually. All right, Mike. Well, before we dive into the specifics of how the program runs and operates, I wanted to focus a little bit on the high-level theme of the problem space and why IBM has chosen water management for this upcoming cohort's theme. Of course. I think it's clear that water is an urgent issue around the world. Many of us see this day-to-day in our own communities, but on a global level, the gap between the global water supply and demand will reach 40% by 2030 if current practices continue. Globally, 2 billion people lack access to safely managed drinking water at home. So this is an issue of enormous scale. And then IBM looks at it and says, we have an opportunity to help. We have cutting edge technology to model and assess water conditions. We have expertise for tools that can intervene like the Internet of Things or data science. And so we are here to say we have great capabilities. We are open to partnership. And fundamentally, our target is impact for the people who need help the most. Very interesting. And those are some sobering statistics there that you've shared. You mentioned a lot of um, kind of broad technologies. Are these the technologies, like how, how can technologies help with this problem? It feels like a lot of the problem is going to be like political in nature or um, kind of very, very broad ranging in nature in terms of how to fix it. So can you give us a sense of how technology can actually help solve these problems? It starts with understanding the issue. So we've talked already about sensors, and that can be sensors locally at a water body or on a farm where water is being consumed. And it can be satellites overhead that are taking imagery of water bodies to understand water quality, water availability, and the like. So regardless of the underlying reason for the issue, we have the opportunity to diagnose it. Moving forward with that data baseline, we can then forecast what upcoming conditions are and 
manage or optimize operations that are intervening. The issues vary around the world. The technology applications will as well, but we have an opportunity now with cloud-based service delivery, with data scientists who understand how to forecast the future to intervene in a variety of ways. I think that makes sense. And I, I think using um, the, the the global lens is very helpful. And so like, it's not going to be a one size fits all solution, both in terms of what the problem is and how we need to address it. I think one of the other things that I would love to better understand from IBM's perspective is how are vulnerable populations predisposed to these water challenges? Like I, I'm from Denver, and so I feel like I understand like the Colorado River um, is in the news a lot. It's something that's top of mind. But I think that that is um, kind of the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, um, a lot of people. And so I, I'm curious then if, if you could kind of speak to the vulnerable population aspect of this. So vulnerability is going to vary around the world. Generally speaking, much of the global South is disproportionately facing the impact of climate change when it comes to issues like water availability. Here in the United States, people who are underserved for a variety of reasons are also seeing the legacy of underinvestment. And when it comes to water management, Flint and Newark and Jackson are just the latest examples. It's also important to note that the landscape is changing. So many of us who have been more fortunate or have lived in communities where there is more investment, let's say parts of Colorado, are now facing water challenges in particular around availability and so those who are already worse off are in a situation where it's much more dire. So I'd love to hear, as we're talking about this variety of problems that we can potentially tackle as a global community, what kind of projects are a good fit for the Accelerator program? Ultimately, it's ones that will make an impact. So eligible as beneficiaries for the program would be nonprofit and governmental organizations, IBM will look at the organization's ability to actually make an impact on the ground and sustain the work once the two-year experience ends. From there, it's going to be a review on a case-by-case -case basis, but we're going to want to see that IBM can help. And so in particular, those are going to be IT-driven initiatives. We're going to want to see a commitment to transparency within the organization so that we actually understand the impact on the ground. And we're going to want to be able to co-create and engage in the design process, the communities that we're serving as well. IBM has a world's worth of expertise when it comes to solutions for these types of problems. As we're already saying, it's not one size fits all. And we want people who we're supporting to have a seat at the table as we design the tools to deploy for them. Is this a good fit for programs that have started a project and need help scaling it or help refining it? Or is this for net new projects? And then I guess the other thing is when you're talking about IT programs, what about organizations that kind of have existing IT estates and have made investments in particular tools? Like, is this a partnership exclusively around IBM technology or is this something that can go broader than that? So in terms of eligibility, it's all of the above. And today in the accelerator, we have projects with organizations who came to us with a net new idea, and we're supporting solutions that an organization had already built independent of IBM, and we're trying to optimize it for further impact. I think that speaks to the second question, which is that IBM does not need to build or use IBM tech for this. IBM is a hybrid cloud company these days. So we are very happy to be working 
and building in multiple cloud environments or across cloud environments. In addition, IBM has a longstanding commitment to the open source movement. So we are very committed to A, showing our work, engaging other organizations, building whenever possible in a vendor agnostic type of model. And that extends on to the data as well. So sharing data, creating community models that others can contribute to. That type of approach means not just that we'll be able, we think, to get more and better project opportunities, but also that the work is more sustainable in the longer term because more people will be able to help. That's great to hear. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about the support that a selected organization might receive. So if an NGO or government is selected to participate, what can they expect to receive from IBM and what kind of support will they get? So number one, it's the truly energetic and motivated commitment of the IBMers who take part. And I really can't say enough about the excitement and the personal interest that the IBMers who have supported this already are putting to the work. The experience itself starts with the IBM garage. That's our framework for design thinking, agile software development. Out of that, typically in the first three to four months of the program, we're producing what we call a technical roadmap, which is a baseline consulting style document that informs the rest of the work. From there, and the experience lasts a total of two years, IBM's rolling up our sleeves and we're building or supporting that technical solution. The baseline market value for all of that work is $2 million. So IBM's making a really vested approach, taking a really vested approach to this work. And we're committed to bringing in other partners for their expertise, for their technology, and building together to better support the organization. Can you talk to me that that's once people are in the program, what to expect? Can you talk to me a little bit about what to expect from the selection process itself and maybe give some feedback on, we kind of got a sense of what kind of projects are a good fit, but what what is IBM looking for overall here? And kind of give us the big picture of what IBM success looks like here. So our top line KPI would be the number of people who directly benefit from this work. And that can be the actual users of the technology, those living in the community where the technology is deployed to benefit the greater good. That's what we care about here. And that's going to be the top criteria that we look at when we're reviewing proposals. From there, we're going to be reviewing the feasibility and sustainability. So is this an idea that can work? Is this something that can live on in the longer term as the organization grows out of the accelerator? Our KPIs after the social impact would be environmental impact, and that'll vary across projects. But for example, the geographic size of a watershed where a solution has been deployed and technical KPIs like the net promoter score to confirm that the solutions that we've built are relevant, are user friendly, and are doing what they've set out to do. Gotcha. Well, this sounds like a really fantastic program for organizations to consider if you are in this working in this space, either as an NGO or a government agency. Can you walk us through the application process and how people can get started? Absolutely. So we'll be accepting proposals mid-March through end of May. We are, again, open to proposals from nonprofit or governmental organizations that can include public universities, intergovernmental organizations, and the like. Uh, we are really interested to collaborating with for-profit partners to support those groups, but 
this is a social impact program and we want to focus on social impact organizations. Uh, proposals can be submitted through our website and we look forward to promptly letting organizations know whether or not they've been selected. We expect to kick off the work in October of 2023 and for us to be working with each of those organizations for two years to follow. Wonderful. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to run me through the program today, and we will be sure to share any relevant links down below for those who are interested. Thank you, and thanks everybody for the consideration. We hope to be able to work with you. Thanks.